0: Alright folks, welcome to Passing Period and All the Above Podcast Extra. My name is Manuel Rustin, your favorite teacher's favorite teacher, and Passing Period is a chance for us to explore headlines in education that we might not have fit into our last full episodes. Our full episodes, of course, are video episodes, and it takes a while to chop that all up and edit the video. Our most recent one was our 50th full episode, which you should for sure check out if you haven't already. But Passing Period is a time for us to discuss stories and topics that maybe didn't make it into our full episodes. Um, But first, before we talk about today's story, Jeff, did you realize that we have some contributors
1: to our show now? I do, man. Well, I think these must be the people who went to uh, aotashow.com slash support uh, it must be because that's where you can find out how to contribute via Venmo or Cash App. We're at at AOTA show. Um, or you can subscribe on Anchor um, and support your favorite show, bringing you an unstandardized take on education.
0: Yeah, so we really want to shout out and um, send send a lot of love to those who have already become monthly supporters because we're full-time educators and All the above has been a passion project for the last several years. And we've been operating off a zero dollar budget, basically, um, just paying out of pocket for the cameras and the web hosting and all that stuff. So we have some monthly contributors that we want to shout out because that is going to help us expand the show and keep it going. So shout out to Megan and Ricardo and Rodney and John and Danny and Eden and Larry and Mimi for being our founding monthly contributors through anchor.fm slash aota Uh, really we love y'all we love y'all support we appreciate it very very much Um, so shout out to y'all
1: yeah and i will just echo that to our founding supporters who have uh, hit us up on venmo Um, they are jen they are genevieve and anna marie uh, folks who have generously contributed uh, to help us continue the good work Um, And uh, bringing you, you know, fascinating topics in education talked about by real educators and elevating things that uh, maybe don't get talked about as much as they should in our in our typical national discourse. So much love to all of our founding supporters. Thank you. And we pledge to continue to to do our best to bring you great conversation here on All
0: the Above. Jeff, did you say pledge? I did say pledge, Manuel. You know, we are recording this during 4th of July weekend. And if that memory serves me correct, one year ago for our 4th of July-ish episode, you did a very fascinating critical analysis of the Pledge of Allegiance and its history and whether or not it should be a part of the normal school day. Do you remember that, Jeff? Oh, I remember
1: it, Manuel. I remember it quite vividly and... Uh, I, you know, it's fascinating. We're going to repost um, that uh, that portion of our show um, to you know to Twitter and and Facebook so folks can uh, can engage with it. But I would be fascinated to see what people have to say about the use of the Pledge of Allegiance in school today, because a lot has changed in, yeah. <laughs> in in the last year since we recorded that. I mean, stuff was a little rough in you know late June, early July of twenty nineteen, but like. That that was well before, uh, you know, folks were painting Black Lives Matter in the streets of Washington, D.C., and well before we had a month straight of people in the streets and cops getting reckless with rubber bullets and tear gas and tanks in the streets of Minneapolis. So, um, yeah, man, we should, we I, I thought the pledge had no place in school then. Right. I wonder how many people might agree with me now, or, you know, who knows, maybe disagree with me. But, but yeah, we'll post that. Would love to hear people's thoughts about it.
0: I really wonder if there's any school out there that has tried to continue the Pledge of Allegiance through the virtual synchronous instruction. Can you imagine the sight of like a whole bunch of kids logged into Zoom or Google Meet and being expected to like give the Pledge of Allegiance virtually? Man, well that is that's so dystopian. <laughs> that's so fascist,
1: man. I can't I don't think I even want a picture. Like just imagine the 25 little squares yes. that you get on your And the teacher Zoom making screen. sure that your video is on so I could see your hand on your heart. Right. And and everyone has a flag or is pointing in the direction of some flag somewhere. Uh, oh my God, that just sounds—that's crazy! Man, and I bet there's you like somebody one did. One little it. courageous black kid in the back who's like, "F this, I'm taking a knee." <laughs> I'm saying though, man, I'm,
0: I bet you some teacher out there or some school out there did that or tried to do that. Um, oh. If you're listening to this, if you know of any school or teacher that has continued with the pledge of allegiance in the virtual um, environment, I would love to hear about it because that is, yeah, I think dystopian is is a perfect word for that. That's yeah, that's nuts. Wow. Wow, you just anyways you shook, you
1: shook my whole world there, man. Well, thank you. Thank you for <laughs> sorry, <that. laughs> man. I just had a
0: vision. I was just thinking about, you know, distance learning and synchronous instruction and all that stuff and just all these little squares and make sure your camera's on. I need just I need to see your, your hand over your heart. I'm yeah. telling you, that had to happen somewhere, man. That's oh,
1: I bet it did. Somebody's got it on video for man. sure.
0: <laughs> send that
1: to all above show at gmail.com <laughs> hit us in the dms on twitter we're at aota show and we will make it famous
0: <laughs> yeah yeah for sure yes um all right jeff so for this week's passing period um we wanted to talk about a story that if you if you are a a listener or viewer of all of the above and you are also on twitter you've probably seen many people tweet about this story because it's that um crazy of a story and we really wanted to uh sit back and and do some reflection and analysis of of this so jeff talk to us what's what's the the headline for today
1: yeah, well, so funny enough, I think we maybe have two headlines for, t- yeah, <laughs> for <actually>. today, as, <laughs> as it may be. So originally, when when uh, so this was uh, earlier this week, June 29th, um Ed Week uh, in their blogs section published a post uh, by Catherine Gewertz. I'm hoping, uh, hoping I'm saying her name correctly, uh, and the the post originally had a headline that talked about how most teachers think that, you know, that textbooks accurately reflect people of color. Um, there, This caused a big old, uh, to use a, man, a manualism, a big old kerfuffle uh, yeah. in the Twitterverse uh, among educators over the week and folks being like, one, that's wild and crazy. Two, your data seems a little funky and like maybe that's not exactly what your data says. And uh, and then, you know, after a bunch of uh, consideration and back and forth, the editor-in-chief, um, uh, at Ed Week published a, I don't know if you'd call it a retraction, but just sort of a statement, a public statement uh, explaining what they thought after more careful editorial review were some some errors in um, Not only some of the methodology of collecting the data, but also how it was reported out in this blog and taking responsibility for it and saying, you know, there's a team of people that looked at it and it wasn't one person, but I am the buck stops with me. So nice, thoughtful statement. The new headline (laughs) is as follows. Survey of mostly white educators finds one in five think textbooks accurately reflect people of color. I think that is certainly a much uh, perhaps more accurate statement to be said about what the data says that they collected. So, uh, here's what Ed Week did. Um, and the, the correction came out just, just the other day, uh, Thursday, July 2nd. So, um, the, the, The study consisted of surveying a representative sample of, I think, just over a 1,000. So it was 1,150 teachers, principals, and district leaders. The survey was done in mid-June, so June 17th and 18th, about the textbooks they use in their schools. And the survey asked these educators to characterize the extent to which these books uh, reflect the experiences of people of color. And um, overall, 22% of respondents said a lot. And nearly half of the group said their textbooks accurately and fully reflect the experiences of people of color to some extent. Right. Um, So, you know, this is interesting because of this, the kind of uh, back and forthness of how this story was being reported in Ed Week. You know, one of, if not the sort of leading publications in education in this country. Um, But also, man, well, honestly, my take is that the, um, even with the, you know, revised representation of the data, the data is still crazy and fairly damning of the perspectives, uh, that, you know, most educators, according to this survey, hold about representation in our textbooks. So what do you think, man? What's, you're a history teacher. You are, you know, history's like, one of the more textbook dependent subjects in our secondary education. Unfortunately. um, Yeah. You know, um, so I'm curious. Tell, tell us what your thoughts are.
0: Yeah. It's, um, you know, at first when I saw the headline, it was one of those things like, I shouldn't be surprised at this, but still like, I'm kind of surprised. Um, but you know, digging deeper into the actual survey and sort of the problems that, um, were inherent in the way they asked the question you know it's kind of hard i think for for me to really have a concrete takeaway because this story to me seemed like clickbait straight up and it seemed like they wanted something that would generate traffic and therefore um i don't want to put too much stock in their story and what gives me i guess some um clues that this was some kind of clickbait is that if you look at their original post on twitter um, it was retweeted like 500-something times and anyone who's familiar with Twitter, like if you click on the, the um, retweet language, it'll show you how many of those retweets were straight up retweets and how many of them were with comments. And for this story, 490 of the retweets were with comments versus 57 without comment. Normally, if someone retweets something without comment, Usually, it's some sort of indication that they somewhat agree with it or, you know, something that makes sense or resonates with them. And oftentimes, when someone retweets something with comment, um, it's either that they want to point out something special about the story or criticize it straight up. And this is one where if you look at the retweets with comments, like almost all of them were like just super critical, like, well, you know, for one, this isn't surprising. 80% of educators are white. So a lot of the comments are about the fact that the education profession is is mostly white. And there were many threads out there. And I want to shout out Jennifer uh, Bennis for being um, one of the ones that I came across. I mean, there's others too, but just one of the threads I came across that pointed to all the problems with the survey and the fact that this is on uh, Ed Week's website, which of course is behind a paywall so you know that kind of contributes to this idea of like trying to get folks to click and click through and try to generate traffic that way all that aside though jeff i agree with you that this is still um you know problems aside with their methods and sort of their verbiage you know the survey itself had um the language of you know for the question of uh, to what extent if any do textbooks using your district classroom or school accurately and fully reflect the experiences of people of color the options were none a little some and a lot and i think you could have 10 people in a room and ask them the difference between a little and some and get 10 different answers so you know that makes me um wary of what any of the so-called data suggests however like uh, to your point too many folks in the survey responded that their textbooks reflect the experiences of people of color um accurately um, quote unquote, a lot or some. So 22% of respondents said a lot, 49% said some. So we're talking about well over, well, most teachers saying basically somewhat or a lot. And that's a problem because textbooks are inherently, not inherently, but historically really, 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 really terrible sources of information about the experiences of people of color, um, period in history books for sure i mean the history books that we use in my district are are really old and even i would venture to guess even the most modern updated textbooks if they're based on state standards which they're you know supposed to be are still going to be highly problematic because the standards themselves are are really problematic in terms of the value placed on uh, different folks' experiences. And this survey about textbook accuracy reminded me of a survey that Ed Week did after the election um, where they surveyed teachers about who they voted for and their political views. Jeff, I don't know if you remember, but our very first episode which you know in which we talked about the politics in a classroom question, um, we referred to this survey, which showed that 29% of teachers voted for Donald Trump, and another 13% voted for a third-party candidate. So if 22% of teachers say that textbooks accurately reflect uh, experiences of people of color... And 29% of teachers voted for Trump. To me, that that makes sense. Like, we have, it's not just that we have a mostly white profession. We also have about a third of the profession that at some point has been on the the, the MAGA train. And, of course, they think that, well, you know, the Martin Luther King's in there. Rosa Parks is in there. That's about right. So, you know, no surprise there. Super, super, super problematic. But it's also a problem, Um, To the point that a lot of folks um, brought up on Twitter, it's also a problem that the article sort of, instead of having a deep dive on the inaccuracy of textbooks, it shows to just, you know, let's ask educators what they think and let's throw that out there. um, When in reality, the problem is for sure the textbook and um, we need not act like this is, you know, a difference of opinion about whether or not the textbooks accurately reflect the experiences of people of color. So, yeah.
1: Yeah. So I, I, I definitely appreciate um, that perspective, Manuel. And, and I think you, you framing it as like, you know, the extent to which this is not surprising, because educators are part of America. Educators are mostly white uh, in this country. And um, and, you know, there, there's just a there's the reality of of the context in which we all live. Right. Which is a A country deeply steeped in white supremacy and, you know, a a whole generations of educators who have, you know, grown up in that and currently perpetuate that. Right. Um, And that's not to absolve educators of color of the responsibility on that front as well, because they're, you know, one's amount of melanin does not necessarily correlate with one's stance on, you know, doing educational work. That challenges white supremacy. Now, uh, to me, what's most interesting about the data set actually isn't the, you know, the the twenty-two percent of respondents overall who said, um, you know, textbooks do a lot of, you know, uh, fully reflecting the experiences of people of color. Because those folks are just crazy. Those are those are the MAGA Trumpian folks. Yeah. Like I don't got time to argue with those people, man. the, the with those folks, we just have to take power from them and Make a world a better place. You used they to, want to enjoy
0: come. arguing with them on Facebook. There was there was a so, time where you enjoyed going back you and know, forth.
1: Sometimes I did have to learn how to ban someone from the Facebook page. You know you know who you are, <laughs> uh, and uh, you know I'll do it again if I need to. <laughs> I'll do it but, again. Uh, <laughs> but I will say that you know those folks. Sure, we can debate or whatever sometimes, right? But, like, I'm not seriously putting my time and energy oh, into, yeah, for like, sure. hoping that they're going to change, right? To me, what's most interesting and perhaps most disturbing about the data is the nearly half of the group who said to some extent. And I hear you on the subjectivity uh, of, you know, what, what's the difference between a little and some? Um, I think that that type of subjectivity is usually present in most surveys that ask people about like the extent to which they think something is true. And the fact that it's asked in the context of you have a set of options, none, a little, some and a lot. You know that at least those people are for their own spectrum, distinguishing some as being more than a little and less than a lot. Right. And I think in that in that space is a very revealing this is what we're dealing with moment around, um, you know, people who would look at textbooks. And I, and I guess I'm thinking mostly about um, history textbooks because that's, you know, our content area. Um, but, you know, I think the same could be said certainly of, you know, of textbooks in math or science (laughs) or textbooks, even in English, to the extent that, you know, textbooks are used in English classes. And I think the reality is I've never, so I have at least some general knowledge of, of some of the most popular textbooks in, used in New York state, Massachusetts, California. Uh, And, you know, certainly experienced textbooks growing up in Minnesota. Right. right? So I I would venture to guess I have at least a little more perspective on textbooks than the average person. And I don't think I have ever seen a traditional textbook published by a major publisher that stayed endorsed right there. Of course, you know, people using Howard Zinn's People's History or, you know, right. You know, more sort of like guerrilla textbook options. Right. Um, That that uh, there's a different uh, perspective with. But. I've never seen a major textbook that I would ever, ever, even slightly qualify as saying they they do more than a little <laughs> bit of coverage of the experiences of people of color. I mean, we're in in the history set, like math and science. They don't talk about people of color at all. There right? Whole textbooks. They never mention a single person of color. Maybe they got a question about like a girl named Shanika or something, right? But like that's it, man. They don't know people of color in any of those <laughs> in those books. Like period, right, man. Right. Right. And and then. And I, I, that's a sweeping statement. There's probably a few people in there. Right. But like, you know, Benjamin Banneker is mentioned in your science textbook somewhere. But like, that's about it. Right. And then on the history level, every history textbook from a major publisher I've ever seen in this country tells essentially the same story right? Great whiteness came to the eastern coast colonies, totally ignoring the fact of, like, Spanish colonization that was already happening up into the southwest and the west coast, right? Right. And totally ignoring the fact that indigenous people have been here for thousands and thousands and thousands of years before white people ever came, right? And that we have evidence that Africans had sailed across the Atlantic Ocean to, uh, you know, Central America before Europeans, right? And that the Europeans that we like the most, the Anglo-Saxon Saxons, uh, you know, are the were the first ones here when we we know they actually weren't, right? That right. like the Vikings came to this continent before them. So there's just so many layers of like it's just not true, right? Like we tell the story, there was the 13 colonies, they were great, they fought some Indians, we had some slaves, but then we were better, so we didn't have slaves, and then women got to vote, and then Reagan was president, and we won the Cold War, and now we're great. And like that is. That's the story. And they added a chapter for Cesar Chavez and they added a chapter for, you know, Martin Luther King and they have a little box for Malcolm because They don't want to be thought of as racist. So they got to talk about him, too. And Rosa Parks sat down one time and that's pretty much what we got.
0: That <laughs> and, is pretty, pretty much that, what we <laughs> have. And I think you're right. And that is representative of pretty much every textbook by major publisher out there. Period. I've never yeah. seen anything different. Right, right.
1: And of course, in some parts of the country, they're a little better than in other parts of the country. Yes, we're looking at you, Texas, which is craziness down there talking about slavery was an immigration and housing program or whatever. So there's some variability. But anyone who would say anything other than none or a little... There's a there's a mindset issue there, man. And there's, a, there's a guaranteed perpetuation of the mythology of white supremacy happening in that classroom that's going totally unexamined.
0: Oh, and I agree with to that. Me, that
1: was that was the more like that was the but more. Did you need the survey to know that?
0: Like, I feel like we knew that before this survey and before all these clicks, I would have been astonished if the result was anything different. I would have been like so pleasantly surprised if I saw a critical mass of educators who said like, oh, wait, no, the textbooks are trash. Like that would have surprised me. Like this is like <laughs> I didn't even need to read this. I I could have told you this beforehand, which I think begs the point of like why even why even put this out there like this? And, you know, the editor's note about this story um, in it, uh, he said. I know some readers have been critical of us for even raising the question, if we know textbooks fail this test, why did we even ask about it? And he went on to talk about how it's like valuable to understand educators' perspectives on issues and this and that, whatever. But like, I think the bigger question is what what are we doing about it and what are we continuing to do about it? So obviously we've talked about those uh, district statements about Black Lives Matter and all that stuff. Like this is where the rubber hits the road in terms of like beyond the names of schools beyond statements, beyond, you know, pulling episodes of the Golden Girls because of like, oh, maybe there's some racism in there. Um, what are we actually doing in the day-to-day, school inside the school building or digitally on, you know, nowadays, um, to really, really take apart this system that has been there for so long that holds people of color... Um, as like additives to American history not integral parts of American history like you know I I don't know that we need to talk very much anymore about the fact that educators are mostly white and a lot of educators don't have the full understanding the critical understanding for sure about how anti-black racism um, and racism in other forms plays out in the day-to-day operations of the school system like it's time for more action and less like, oh wow, look at this. They think that textbook is, is accurate. Like that's, that shouldn't surprise anybody. If anybody was surprised by this, then I guess that's a reflection of the fact that education doesn't get talked about enough and folks don't really know, um, just how, um, backwards things are in so many aspects of our profession.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, I definitely feel what you're saying. Like, I think you're, <laughs> yes, you are correct. Uh, and the way we get some of that momentum, right, is by is by confronting the reality, right. And I think I think in so many parts of this country, given how segregated our schools are, given how many uh, you know how white people are overrepresented in the teaching profession, we have not only like there's two sides of the coin, right. There's the extent to which they they don't they being textbooks don't at all or even somewhat sufficiently address and fully reflect the experiences of people of color the other side of that coin is the extent to which they perpetuate a false and mythological construction mm. of white supremacy very good point and and i think that's the part where i'm like like even if we can agree like oh yeah we got to talk about more you know like black people and latinos and women and stuff right like that's good and that's i hope we at least have an emerging consensus about that as a country but like we also have to undo the lies we have been teaching ourselves about white people in this country and about whiteness in this country and about the narrative of this country as like some you know essentially superior entity that has just been like polishing its edges over the over the centuries to to like become more and more superior to everyone else you know when the reality is we came into existence as a violent conquering empire that instituted one of the world's great slave societies that conduct you know conducted uh, genocidal ongoing centuries-long wars against an indigenous population that it continues to this day Uh, And, you know, and along the way, uh, patriarchy, homophobia, you know, dropping nuclear bombs, a whole bunch of other stuff. Right. And yes, there are good things in American history we should study and celebrate. Um, But, you know, refusing to look in the mirror is not the way we get there.
0: Boom. That's the sermon for this weekend, folks. That's the word right there. Um, All of that. Big facts. That's all you get on all of the above. Are are the big facts? That's what that's that's what we hit you with here on all of the above. And um, again, folks, we have full episodes that span the last couple years, and we've hit on a lot of these topics. And to the point of the representation in textbooks, uh, I believe we had a do now story about a year ago about Studies Weekly, which is a major curriculum provider, and how they were called out for their blatant racism in their curriculum, and they convened a, a quote-unquote diversity board to do a full analysis and that resulted in some real real changes to their curriculum so we've we've touched on a lot of these topics over the years so if you're if you are new to our show uh please consider going to aotashow.com and digging through the crates on all the different uh dope guests that we've had um, or go to our, our youtube channel youtube.com slash all of the above. Where we have all of our videos there, and um, you know, take your time, enjoy. Uh, make sure you hit that subscribe button. Though we're trying to get those subscribers up, and we very much appreciate your viewership and listenership, and um, and all that. Jeff, anything more for this Fourth of July weekend? Well, you know, I'm gonna do
1: I'm gonna do a little barbecuing, man. That's that's what I got. Uh, I'm gonna zoom mm. into my my family's big like kind of reunion. That's not gonna be a reunion this year. Uh, so that's gonna happen, and uh, dope, you dope. know I plan on uh, relaxing a bit, man. It's a long weekend, and I am I am friggin' exhausted. It has been, <laughs> it has been a marathon the month of June, and I and I need yeah. a vacation. I'm not getting one for a while, but I need one, so I'm gonna take this long weekend and and rejuvenate some.
0: Dope. Do that, man. I was supposed to be in Thailand, like right now, right now, mm. and obviously that's not happening. So we're gonna be chilling yeah. and um, gonna watch watch Hamilton. And you know, I know since it's come out, there's been some uh, really good folks who pointed out some of the really problematic elements of Hamilton. But I'm still gonna enjoy it because it's still fun and still a nice break from from the day to day craziness that is that is going on. So so yeah. And um, next week, Jeff, I think we have our 51st episode we do indeed and we have the two dope teachers yeah man in the building so that's gonna be dope so make sure you uh subscribe tune in all that good stuff and um and that's coming up all right but for now folks it's time to get to class <laughs>